Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, star seeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Belair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. Hi, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. Okay, this is the first solo episode for 2023. Full disclosure, I actually recorded this episode a week ago, but I had to scrap it because it was just way too rambly and all over the place. Sometimes I have to re-record these multiple times, especially when I have a lot of information to synthesize and bring forward for all of you. Like when I've just received really big insights or downloads or intel or whatever, it, it takes me multiple goes to get it all out in a clear and concise way. And it feels important to say that because a lot of you are always like, you're so eloquent, Amy, and I just feel like I, you speak so well and I can't speak. Sometimes I do not speak so well. But I appreciate the feedback that lets me know that usually when I'm speaking, it lands. <laughs> that makes me very happy. Okay. Oh, where to begin? Let's just take a moment and revel in the energy of 2023. I think the last time I was on here with a solo episode, I was talking about being a little bit afraid of 2023 because it felt from where I was, like that was probably back in September or October or something. It felt very intense and that made me a little bit nervous. It felt, it feels like another 2020, like a similar energy to 2020 where I think just a lot of shit is going to go down on the world scene a lot. And it's going to be a very poppin' year. And ultimately, all that shit that goes down is going to lead to, it's going to catalyze more and more waves of awakening. But it's also going to have a very chaotic feel, like it's like riding a bucking bronco or something like that. If you do not know If this is your first time on a bucking bronco, it's going to feel like terrifying probably and like you just want to get off the ride. (laughs) But if you've ridden a bucking bronco before, I don't know why I'm using this analogy because I've never ridden a bucking bronco. (laughs) But if you've ridden a bucking bronco, especially if you've ridden it a few times, you're going to be like, I got this. Cool. Cool. And it'll still be still wild ride, still bucking bronco, but We know how to handle it. So I'm just really excited to be in 2023 because now that we're here, the energy actually feels amazing. It feels so, so accelerated, so electric and supercharged and like full of creative direction and energy. And yeah, it's just such a creational feeling year to me. And I still think it's going to be a fireworks show at best, a shit show at worst. But to actually be in it and be reporting on it from the actual energy of 2023 feels very different than when I was just anticipating it. It feels 
much more positive, just like crazy exciting, like so much innovation. I feel like it's going to be a quantum year. And what I mean by that is, it's funny, I just finished doing day one of the the How to Be a Conscious Creator live stream extravaganza. And at the end, I was talking about quantum leaps and I was like, whatever, like quantum leaps, they happen, but they're preceded by a lot of incremental shifts. And that's all very true. But I was laughing at myself that I was just downplaying quantum leaps. And now I'm like, it feels like a very quantum year, but it does. It feels like we have done the groundwork. We have laid many or laid many new brick on this path and the path is created and now we just get to to run we just get to run with it and run on it and the pre-work has been done and this is the year where the quantum leap is truly experienced and last year i was talking about a quantum leap in consciousness which i definitely think happened but this year i feel like it's a quantum leap in manifestation so This year, it feels like it's actually going to reflect directly and pretty quickly in our materialized, manifested reality. Take that and just keep it in your pocket and just keep it in mind because I honestly think that we're going to experience things where like the algorithm of the organic matrix, I'm not talking about the false matrix. But the false matrix is just shitty, distorted counterfeit of the true organic hologram that God created. And the organic hologram has an algorithm. It work, Manifestation works the same way as stupid social media. Social media, Instagram is just a ripoff of the manifestation process, meaning that reality has an algorithm built into it. The holo- the beautiful organic holographic dream projection has an algorithm that notices what you give your attention to and it gives you back more of that. And it's up to you to tell the algorithm that either yes you like this or no you don't. If we take Instagram or YouTube for example and we're like oh the stupid algorithm keeps bringing me like these stupid things and I hate them but we're the idiot that keeps watching the videos or watching the reels or reading the posts or engaging with it in some way, like we can't really fault the algorithm for that. We know that with things like YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, et cetera. We don't blame the algorithm for bringing things into our feed, bringing suggestions into our feed that we don't actually want. We do that with reality, though. We get mad at the organic holographic dream projection because it works in the same way, only with more subtlety and more nuance because it's an actually like highly intelligent design created by God, the creator. And But it works the same way. And we get mad at it because we're like, oh, God hates me or the universe hates me or life is hard or whatever. Anyway, I'm on some kind of tangent. I don't even remember how I got onto this apart from, oh yeah, I was giving, I was telling you to keep it in your back pocket. This sort of, it's a warning. No, it's not, I don't know. It's just to say, I think we are going to experience the algorithm responding to us in like very compressed, collapsed 
time, almost instantaneous, almost in real time. I have been seeing examples of that myself. And like case in point, you'll have heard on the last podcast, I asked Colleen about Atlantis and we had never talked about Atlantis before. And then a couple days later, one of her clients who does not listen, well, the podcast hadn't even been out yet, actually. So there's no way the client heard the interview asked about Atlantis in a reading. And it then Colleen and I also had very mirroring experiences with minor car collisions and like fender bender. Mine was an up jumped fender bender. But anyway, it's just and Colleen and I are very much like in our creator consciousness, not that we're all the way there, not that we're perfect at it, but we're like, that's our goal. We're trying to be at that level of consciousness. And it has just been happening really fast. Like the algorithm just gives us back the thing that we put our attention on very quickly. So what I'm saying is we're almost going to experience instant manifestation, but just be forewarned that the things that tend to instantly manifest are the things that we don't have like emotional stories around. So we'll all want to hear about you. You'd love me if I was like, you're probably going to instantly manifest a bunch of money. But the truth is you probably, if you're wanting a bunch of money, that means that you probably have some scrunchy, crunchy stories around money, some emotional baggage around money that makes it that really slows down. Like you could instantly manifest money, but if you have all those stories, that slows the energy down so much. Whereas things that you don't have any like emotional baggage around at all, those are the things that will manifest in pretty instantly. And they may be inconvenient sometimes, but they also may be very pleasant surprises. Anyway, so here's the 2023. But what I actually have planned to talk to you all about today is just an update on the extremely intense little dark night of the soul that I have recently emerged from. And just to tell you that everything that I learned through that dark night of the soul process, I, I don't know if anybody even noticed, but I was like absent from social media my, myself, like really wasn't doing any lives, really wasn't recording any new social media content for pretty much like two months in November and December. And it's because I was going through it, you guys. Oh. November and December were so hard on me. I feel like I was dragged. And yet, Nothing bad was happening in my external world. So when I say dark night of the soul, it wasn't in response to any bad events. It was just like another level of awakening, but it required a big contraction in order for me to emerge on the other side in a deeper level of awakening. And I realized only this morning that it was in tandem with the eclipse season in Scorpio. So I think there's something to that, even though I'm not an astrologer. Anyway, let me tell you what happened and what I have realized and why I think it is relevant to all of you, or I'm just offering it. You decide if it's relevant to all of you, of course. Let me take you on the journey. So 
in October, I did these chakra clearings. I decided to do them. I had never done them before, but I wanted to do them as part of Magic in the Dark, which is my signature program that comes on sale every year at the same time. It's in, it's like it comes on sale for October and it's about like processing shadow, transmuting trauma, and just like moving through those dark nights of the soul. So I thought, oh, this year I would really love to do a series of chakra clearings that just clears out the chakra-specific trauma that I tend to see stored in people's chakra centers when I'm doing readings, in particular when I'm doing multidimensional holographic matrix repatterning sessions. And those chakra clearings were immensely powerful. I believe they're still on sale. They, I combined them with, I also then, like in, in the beginning of November, did chakra activations. So we cleared out the chakras first, took a week break, and then a week-long break, and then we did, we activated the gifts in, in the chakras. And those were so powerful. And I think that they're still on sale for $77. If you're listening to this, you should get in on that shit because I priced them at $222 moving forward because they're so powerful. They're so powerful. So get it now. But anyway, I was unprepared for how powerful they would be. Just simply meaning that I didn't plan them out. I just decided I was going to show up and I was going to just like straight, spontaneous channel them. And I also, I guess, was a human moment of feeling like, oh, I've done a lot of shadow clearing, a lot of trauma transmutation. So I don't, I didn't feel like I had a lot of baggage in my chakras, which I still don't think I did or I do. So I wasn't really anticipating that it would have such a big effect on me, but it had a huge effect, a huge effect. I was able to see the darkness with new eyes. I was suddenly like, I could see the hijackery with laser clarity during these chakra clearings. And I remember during the throat one in particular, I got really angry. You can hear it when I am doing the light language transmissions for clearing it. I just get so mad and I all of a sudden, I don't know, I like roar or something like that because I just could see the fuckery that we are subjected to, and it filled me with fury. So after those chakra clearings, I was suddenly able to see the darkness with new eyes. It's like it squeegeed off my spiritual eyes. It removed several layers of film that had been clouding my vision, my ability to see things for what they are. And so I was able to see the darkness with new eyes. I was able to see the false light deception with new eyes. I was able to see Satan, Lucifer, the Masonic checkerboard, the whole gamut with so much clarity, which isn't to say I have all the answers because I don't. There are still some things that are mysterious to me. But what I also was able to see with new eyes was Jesus, which is an interesting thing to say. And not gonna lie, I feel a little bit like I'm, it makes me feel very vulnerable to say that. It makes me feel a little bit nervous, like I'm gonna throw up or something. 
just at the nervousness and the vulnerability. But ultimately, I feel like it was all part of an initiation that I didn't plan it out for myself on a conscious level, but I think I was always going to have this experience. It's all very timely, but it feels like it was an initiation into being pulled in my consciousness towards the greater extremes of evil and love, dark and light. And so the way that I described it to some of the people in my programs at the time, like in 1212 and Sorceress, bless all of your souls for just witnessing me as I journeyed through all this. It was very intense. The way I described it was that Previously, I had been seeing dark entities. It's not like I learned anything new. I already knew about satanic ritual abuse. I already knew about like negative ET abduction experiences. I knew about reptilians. I had seen in the Akashic Records a lot of really dark things, but it felt like it was at a greater distance or something like that. And now it feels like very close to home, even though in my real life, my embodied life, like I, nothing has changed. I still live, like I live in safety. I'm very fortunate and very grateful that I live in safety, but just on a spiritual level, like I felt it closer. It's closer. It's not something seen through a glass darkly in somebody's Akashic records, like something far away. It feels very close. So I feel like I'm being pulled towards the greater extremes of evil and love and dark and light. And the analogy is like previously when dealing with dark entities, I was dealing with the petty thief level of dark entity and spirit guides were good enough to like that was powerful. Spirit guides were powerful enough to deal with the petty thieves of the dark realm. Whereas now I feel like I've gone through an initiation to be able to go head to head with the mob boss levels of dark entities and spirit guys just ain't going to cut it. And so that's where the Jesus part comes in, where I had a personal experience, a personal encounter with Jesus and understanding Jesus to be the either symbolic or literal. It matters not to me how you see it. And no, I just want to give this caveat. I'm trying, I'm going to try to only give it once. I am not trying to convert anybody to my beliefs. Never mind convert anybody to a religious belief system. I don't subscribe to anybody else's interpretation of Jesus or the scriptures or anything like that. I'm just explaining my own journey and how I see things. And you do not have to agree with me. And if it resonates with you, great. And if it doesn't, that's cool too. But I realized in like suddenly being shown this mob boss level of the dark realm, I was like, oh, there has to be an equal opposite and greater consciousness within the realm of the light. And to me, that's what was shown, what I came to understand was Jesus or the Christ. So anyway, it was pretty intense. It felt like a total identity crisis for a few weeks there. And it was rough. Like, I actually was like, oh my God, is everything that I've been participating in a Luciferian deception? Have I been like inadvertently deceiving people? 
I had to take like excruciating inventory of everything that I've been talking about on the podcast, on my lives, in my courses, all that kind of stuff. I briefly felt like I needed to become Christian and then pretty quickly realized, here's my issue, is that I I started, basically I started reading the Bible. I just started the book of Samuel, so I'm reading it cover to cover. So I'm like good ways into the Old Testament right now. And I, in order to help me interpret some of the things that I was reading, I would listen to other people's YouTube videos or audiobooks or podcasts or whatever. And I quickly realized that there is no authority. The church presents itself as an authority on scriptural interpretation, and that's all a lie. There is no authority. It's a very personal journey. We all will interpret it in the way that is the most resonant for us. And so then quickly, it brought an end to my thought that I need to become Christian. But it was that extreme. It was that intense of seeing, basically seeing Satan and seeing Jesus and being like, holy shit, it's real. Like previously, I was taking it allegorically. Like if you've listened to the beginning of my podcast, in the very first episode, I explained that I was raised Christian, but it really, it wasn't, I wasn't. It was very relaxed Christian upbringing. There were many Sundays we didn't go to church. And so I had that framework, but I didn't. There were, there are interpretive things within that worldview that I just can't reconcile. I still can't reconcile them. And that's ultimately what prevents me from adopting the label or giving myself the label of Christian. But, and so as I got older, I started to take it more allegorically or not saying that Jesus wasn't real, but also not saying that Jesus was real. And regardless, seeing it all through the lens of like mythology I suppose and so in November I just feel like I was basically like backhanded like with the realization that Satan is real that there is a consciousness that is Satan and it has an effect on earth and again it's weird because it's like I already knew about satanic ritual abuse and child sacrifice, and adrenochrome, and all those dark things that I don't usually talk about on the podcast, but please know that they are in my psyche. I already knew about all that, but there was just a sense of removal. And then I saw Jesus, and I was like, holy shit, this is all real. Oh my God. And I spun out for a while. But eventually I came out on the other side with a whole new level of clarity for which I'm extremely thankful. And that is what I am wanting to share with you now. So in this new level of clarity, following those chakra clearings, I am more impassioned than ever, than I have ever been about anything other than my children to first of all, liberate myself and others from the bullshit of the false matrix, and second of all, to reactivate us into our conscious creatorship. So what do I even mean by conscious creatorship? 
I mean that. Oh, geez. I always, I think I'm going to be able to come out with a good, concise definition. And then I get here and I stumble. Hold on. Okay. It's the full acknowledgement and recognition that we are creators. Typically in the new age slash spiritual slash self-help sort of conscious expansion, whatever realm, we refer to it as manifestation and manifestors and it's that and it's so much more we are creator beings we create by default there is no way to not create it is our blueprint it is a a tremendous gift and it is a tremendous power and yet we have been hijacked so that we are doing it unconsciously and we are not creating freely in a way that is in co-creation with God and in glorification of God, meaning like we are not creating the highest timeline, not even close. So when I say like God's glory or glorification of God, to tap into that field of pure truth and love, that's what I consider God to be, the sum total, the oneness that is all, the field of eternal love and light. Like real love, real light, not love and light, but like blinding light and illusion-shattering love, unspeakable. We have the ability to create highest timelines that are a reflection of that field of consciousness because we are directly, you could say, descended from that field of consciousness, created by that field of consciousness. We are offshoots of that field of consciousness, and we are most certainly connected to that field of consciousness, of that total perfect light and total perfect love. But we don't create in the highest timeline because we're not conscious of it. We create distorted, bastardized, hijacked, timelines and we create them on by on behalf of basically I don't know I'll just call them the fallen ones and then I'll go on and explain what I mean by that so when I say activating us into our conscious creatorship I understand how we create and I am conscious of it now and I am forever in the process of honing my ability to create consciously. And I have created amazing things in my life. I also am, I, one of the greatest compliments anybody has ever given me is that I am a reality creator and I birth new reality paths for people and I change people's realities. And when somebody said that to me, like I almost cried. I felt so seen. For whatever reason, I understand how creation works. And I really want to reactivate as many of us as possible into our creator being levels because I believe that is like the sole mission for so many of us. And then there are probably sub-soul missions, like some of us are meant to create wealth. Some of us are meant to create love. Some of us are meant to create health. Some of us are meant to create sanctuary. Some of us are meant to create, how would I put it, like healing and balance and flourishing within the natural world. There's, you could call it environmental 
preservation, but also like environmental stewarding. Like it's more than preservation. It's like exaltation. Anyway. But I believe that our sole mission is to reactivate that creatorship. Okay, so fuck the false matrix. (laughs) You may recall that I recorded an entire solo episode about the false matrix as I see it, the false matrix mainframe that has us suspended on meat hooks, frequency meat hooks, of course. We're not, like, I'm not saying you have an actual hook in your tailbone, but we have frequency meat hooks running between our root chakra and one running through our crown chakra so we're like hanging from our crown and our root and then it's like feeding propaganda to us through our eyes which then projects out into the world through our third eye and creates manifest what they want us to manifest and at the same time they are louching and siphoning off of our sacral chakra they are siphoning off our other creational energy our sexual energy And when I say sexual energy, like, even if you are somebody that is celibate your whole life, even if you don't feel a sex drive, it doesn't matter. In your sacral chakra, it's like the reservoir of your creation power, your creation energy. So they're basically like, we're like livestock. We're like dairy cows. In a sense, like we're in these little pens penned us in place they've limited our probability they they like limit our mobility our choices the things that are available to us and they basically like milk off our energy it's gross and it sucks that we also do that to animals so basically we are divine creators and i've said before and i'll say it again right now that I believe that what is meant when it is said that we were made in the image of God, what is meant is that God gave us the ability to create. We not create. Like that is what we are. So I'm going to, I'm going to take you on a little sub journey through my understanding of cosmology and the creation story. And just know that it is rooted in the Judeo-Christian or Abrahamic, perhaps Adam and Eve creation story. And that I just want to say I'm not a scholar formally or informally of other world religions. And so I'm not meaning to suggest that this is the most valid, like I'm not meaning to invalidate any other spiritual or religious worldviews, okay? This is just the one that in my limited time, I have been able to translate my understanding through. Okay, God created this realm. And the realm was originally called, it's interchangeably called like Earth and Eden and whatever. And like, this is all just through my lens. But last night as I was contemplating all this, what came through to me is that Eden is not like a specific, it's not like Hawaii or like a location. It is 
the entire third dimension is Eden. It is a paradise. The third dimension is so exquisite. It is such a gift to be here. It is literally a gift from God. It is the place where reality becomes like the energy of creation slows down to become materialized and it creates a holographic dream projection simulated environment within which we can be immersed to experience the glory of creation. And we get to experience ourselves as creators within created creation. And we also have free will. It is the shit. The 3D is the shit. Being a human is dope AF. It's such a gift. It's such a monumental gift. So God created the earth and created Eden. And then God created Adam and Eve to be the first two humans to be in this realm. And somewhere in my studies, I came upon a story. I think it's from an extra biblical text, but I cannot remember which one. I did a lot of research. Holy moly. And I'm not a researcher. The story of Lucifer and what went down. So I think most people know, but I'll just cover it just in case anybody doesn't. Lucifer supposedly was God's right-hand angel, like God's favorite angel, God's first created angel, like God's firstborn, the oldest child. And God totally loved Lucifer and Lucifer totally loved God. And then something happened and Lucifer rebelled against God. And the way it's usually put is that Lucifer just wanted to be better than God. But I came upon this other story, which really resonated for me. So take it as you will. But the story was that like God's first creations were the angels. And the angels were like the first offshoots of God. So they're very close to God. Very, they are like etheric beings. They are not physical. They are immortal. They don't have bodies. They are like mm, mini gods in a way, sub gods, the Elohim, whatever. And everything was like great, everything was fine. And then God decided to create this third dimensional realm, this Eden. And God decided to create a human. And in this story, it is said that God fashioned Adam out of clay. And I, what I think that means is that it's just alluding to the fact that human beings, we, like our bodies are material. We are physical. We have a soul that is immaterial that animates this body, but the body itself is physical and it allows us to be immersed in this hologram, this third dimensional hologram. And so God made Adam and God was all, I'm going to use the pronoun he for God. And it's only because I don't, we only have two pronouns and I'm not 
doing the alternate pronoun thing. And it's just a limitation of the English language, but just know that I don't see God as a masculine or a feminine. I see God as being above, yeah, above those divisions, if that makes sense. So God is just a totality. Anyway, God created Adam out of clay and God was so like, like, Adam and Eden were the greatest, like the pinnacle of God's creation. And God was just like tickled beyond tickled, so proud of what he had created. And he was like, look, showing all the angels, look what I made. Do you see like the marvel? And just so pumped. And then it says that God commanded all the angels to bow down to Adam. And I don't really buy that. Because the God that I connect with is just has no ego. So I don't feel that as being true. I think that's just to try and explain the story in terms that humans would understand. But essentially, I think Lucifer was like the oldest child that was scorned and was like, what the hell? Excuse me? I am your... Like, I am your firstborn. I am your beloved. I am supposed to be the inheritor of your kingdom. And you created this amazing realm, and I don't even get to be there. You created it for this little clay hunk of crap. It's like the oldest child feeling of being like, excuse me, I was the apple of your eye, and then you had this baby, and now every time somebody cries, it's Lucifer, what did you do? And Lucifer, be nice to your little brother. And Lucifer, set a good example. Like that kind of thing. Just, I feel like it is truly, when I tune into it in my heart, I feel this, like, this pain of deep rejection behind all of this. But whether you believe in that part or not, I think essentially what happened is that this beautiful world, this beautiful realm, this beautiful dimension, Eden, is a creative playground of absolute joy and sensory immersion. It's like the show on Amazon Prime, The Peripheral. Like, it's just so real. When we're here, it's completely real. And we were the ones, humans were the ones that were created to experience this realm. So it's like God created this realm in order to be able to experience it I don't know. There's some parts that defy description, that defy language. But as we experience this realm, God experiences it through us. And as we create in an ideal world, according to the blueprint with which God created all of this, I believe that our will, even though we have free will, it harmonizes with God's will by free will, by choice, because we don't see God as something to rebel against. We see God as something like beautiful. And it's just a joy for us to align ourselves with that level of awareness and then create from that space. So we were given these three gifts, okay? We were given the gift of creation. We were given the gift of the ability to experience creation, our own creations and like God's creation. And we were also given the gift of free will. The angels were given none of those things. From what I understand, while the angels don't have bodies, they don't experience this realm. So they do not have an immersive realm where they experience creation. And I, what I understand 
is that angels do create with God, but it's almost like they don't get to create their own thing. They create what they are part of the process of creating what God is creating. Whereas we get to choose if we are going to do that as well. And they weren't given free will. So all of that, I don't know, maybe I just repeated myself there. <laughs> but ultimately, I believe that Lucifer and like all of the other angels that were are represented under the name of Lucifer or Samael or whatever, there were various names I came across, were all jealous and pissed and just felt like so slighted, so ripped off. And so they decided, they got together and decided to mutiny and they rebelled and took free will for themselves. And they want, the reason that they did is because they want to experience all of the pleasures of this magnificent realm for themselves. But still, they cannot create. They were not given, they were not given the ability to create. And there's nothing that they can do about that. So they need us. They use us in order to create. They, that's why they don't just kill us all. They need us in order to exist here. I believe that the closest that they can get to this realm is the fourth dimension. I believe that they occupy the astral realm. And the fourth dimension to me is a mirror. It's a non-physical mirror of this reality. It's like in Stranger Things, the way it's depicted, like the upside down is depicted, except that the astral realm isn't all dark. It's not all negative, but there are negative layers to it that these fallen angels and demonic beings live within. And they exert their influence on us from there. And so they use us in order to create the outcomes, the timelines, the things that they desire, the wars, the famines, pollution, racism, sexism, all the isms, all the division, all of the pain. And meanwhile, they loose us for energy because they can't, they also, because they decided to basically rebel and claim free will for themselves which was not given to them we can live in rebellion to god it doesn't it's not a good meaning we can turn away from god and live a godless life and it doesn't really yield great outcomes but we are able to survive because we were created to have free will they were not created to have free will so as long as they are in rebellion to god they are cut off from the source of their own replenishment they don't eat food like we do they don't breathe air like we do. They don't, I hope you understand what I'm trying to get at. They don't, they have no way to replenish themselves except to siphon the light off of other beings. And we are some of the beings that they siphon light off of. But I believe that they siphon the light off of animals. They siphon the life, light off of plants. They're obviously siphoning the light off the sun, or that's how it feels to me. They just, that's what they do. They are vampiric. They must siphon in order to stay alive. And so in order to have us here, in order to keep us here, and in order to have us subjugated, like basically in the creation story, the serpent, which represents Satan, whatever. It's definitely, I don't know, I'm not a biblical scholar. I feel like I don't have a lot of authority to offer my conjecture 
on all this. But regardless, I believe that the Satan serpent represents one of the members of this party of fallen angels in an act of deceiving human beings to so that basically God granted us the words of the Bible, it's dominion over the earth. But I, the way I understand it is like guardianship. God granted us guardianship over the earth. We are the stewards of the earth. We are the guardians of the earth. That means that we tend to it. We care for it. We interact with it. But it is like rightfully ours. And Lucifer and company were like, fuck you. Like, how dare you? We were your firstborn. Like, we should get this. We should get your best creations. And so just to spite God and just take what they feel is theirs, they came and tricked the new, freshly created humans into giving up their their dominion over earth so basically i don't think the issue is that they ate of the fruit of the tree of good and evil or whatever that might be the issue but i think actually what it was is like they chose it it was like the first manipulation of free will oh fine you gave them free will great we're going to entice them into following us and worshiping us and listening to us and disobeying you or rebelling against you. Anyhow, so in order to maintain their stolen dominion over this realm and their rulership, their monopoly, maintain this sense of, I don't know, like they appointed themselves as gods of this place, They've created this intricately woven, multi-layered, I think it's probably seven layers, multi-layered web of deceit to keep us trapped here and under a trance, mostly comprised of frequency warfare and trauma-based mind control. So they feed us on a diet of propaganda, becoming less and less organic all the time, meaning that the propaganda used to come in the form of, if you think of famous orators propaganda far preceded these people but like hitler or mussolini like they could sway the people and that was still organic because it was being spoken through a real person in the real like same time and space layer that was being occupied whereas now the propaganda is less and less organic because it's coming through screens have you heard of this like chat was it called chat gct like it's AI art. It's gone beyond fucking Photoshop. <laughs> it's gone into AI generated art. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying we have to be so aware of how these images affect the reality that we are creating. It goes into chat GCT, like where like apparently at this point, it can produce, it's some kind of AI thing, an AI writing tool or whatever that can write a 60,000 word book based on a single prompt. Like, it, it's just an overdrive now. And they feed us on this diet of propaganda in order to get us to create what they want us to create. They seed our consciousness our subconsciousness, our like aware consciousness, our sub-subconsciousness, possibly our superconsciousness. I don't know. They seed it with, it's seeding. The, I use the word seeding deliberately. Like they plant a seed and then they know that our, our 
psyche is a fertile ground that we are manifestation portals. We couldn't not manifest even if we wanted to. There's no way for us to stop. We are creators. We are manifestors. So they just plant the seed and then they just sit back and watch it and take root and grow and blossom into whatever. And then they prune it deliberately, carefully. They prune it to grow in the direction that they want it to grow. And they keep us in a state of near total ignorance to our true creatorship abilities and gifts, including our psychic gifts, so that we have no idea what we are truly able to create and do. And the key to unlocking all of this enslavement is the heart. Okay. I'm going to read something to you that I wrote to a friend a while ago that I think summarizes all of this. And hopefully you're able to follow me. And if not, then, you know, email me and ask me and I'll, <laughs> I'll do, I'll record a YouTube video to break it down even more. But I wrote to him, I believe that the checkerboard, so the Masonic checkerboard grid, functions very much like the flower of life, aka the daisy of death, keeping our consciousness snapped to a grid that doesn't allow for the free flow of energy. It keeps us looping and stagnating and further fragmenting. This flower of life is like a frequency net that traps our consciousness, like a synthetic firmament, relegating it to a very narrow bandwidth of thought and perception. So the, this frequency net means that we are limited in our ability to perceive and expand and think and self-reflect and all that kind of stuff. And the checkerboard limits our movements to a finite combination of set patterns and probabilities, predictable and always in the same limited directions on a plane, which is ultimately an even narrower bandwidth of consciousness. I think that the Illuminati seeks to, like, genuinely liberate human consciousness, but not for our well-being, but for their own, like, self for their own selfish reasons basically so the illuminati the luciferians basically gen they genuinely seek to liberate human consciousness by allowing us to rise off of the horizontal plane of the checkerboard and i said to my friend i think you're 100 percent right that they are seeking to recruit the humans that can be air quotes liberated by putting us through an unbelievably intricate series of collective and personal initiations into like ascension stuff. But they want to leave God out of it. God being the truth of love. They want to leave love out of it. So they resort to trickery. They manipulate us. They create rabbit holes, treasure hunts, MKUltra, predictive programming, all the ways to subvert sovereignty and free will. And ultimately they siphon off of us as they make their deals with the entities who in turn siphon off of them, all for the glorification and deification of self. So when I'm talking about they, like the Illuminati, like literally the Illuminati, like literally all of the celebrities that are doing their stupid Illuminati signaling, all of the, like the Crowleyans, 
just everybody that believes in, I don't know, can you feel it? Do you know what I'm talking about? They, I am not suggesting that humans should not ascend like that. But they want to ascend without love. They want to ascend into greater levels of their, like, they, they just, they want to self-deify, make gods of themselves. So I feel like the ridiculous irony of it is that when you choose to harmonize with God, you are completely liberated from the checkerboard grid and the flower of life frequency net and any other forms of entrapment. You instantly blend with God and ascend right up to God through the complete dissolution of self, the complete dissolving of ego, while still being in a human incarnation with an ego at the same time. And like, really, what is more thrilling than that? And this is the place that I've come to with the concept of Christ. I think that every time we choose Christ or call upon Christ, we are declaring ourselves for the highest light of the highest truth that is the highest love, aka God. And I believe above all else that freedom is found through the heart. So the connection to God is found through the heart. And where the mind can be hijacked by disembodied entities and programmed and controlled, the heart cannot, the heart cannot be hijacked by these entities. The heart can be broken, absolutely. But every time it heals, it, it is more luminous, like it's brighter, it is stronger, it radiates more light. It's the one part of our consciousness that they actually can't occupy especially not if we have declared our heart for God. I believe that love is freedom and the heart is the key. So, this is what I'm here to do. And I have literally never felt more mission-driven or passionate about anything, like I said, other than my children. I will not make any kind of bullsh claim that I am completely emancipated from the false matrix myself. That would be the height of hubris. And here's the thing. These fallen angelics are powerful and intelligent beings. Okay? Like, I am not going to pretend that they, that they are not or that they are like, they are formidable opponents, air quotes. The false matrix labyrinth of deception that they've created is fucking genius. It is truly masterful. But as powerful as they are not, nor will they ever be more powerful than God. It's impossible for anything to be more powerful than God. This is this whole scenario is a self-limiting scenario anyway. But I just don't really feel motivated to just wait it out. I really feel motivated to see it with ever-increasing clarity and outcreate it to reclaim my creatorship and do it in harmony with the consciousness of God through my heart and to bring as many people with me as I can who want to come of their own sovereign free will. I feel like there's a couple of things that I didn't include in my notes that 
I want to go over, even though you probably heard me say it in the, if you listened to the day one of the how to be a conscious creator live extravaganza, but I want to just clarify some distinctions, distinctions that I feel between Satan and Lucifer because they get used interchangeably. And I believe that they are the same being, but there are two. It also helps to explain this Masonic checkerboard grid. There are two expressions of the same consciousness. So the satanic influence, like Satan is the fallen expression of Lucifer. It is the part that seeks to be, become carnal. It is the part that like emphasizes the material above all else. And the perfect example, the perfect illustration is like, everything that's depicted on the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. But it's like the satanic influence on all of us through the false matrix, through the propaganda, mostly comes through religion. There's a ton of Satanism in, associated with religion. I can only speak for Christianity and to a lesser extent Judaism. I cannot speak for the other religions. I'm not going to touch that with a temple pole because I don't want to put my foot in my mouth or say something disparaging about a religion that I don't understand. It's just not cool. But through entertainment media, sports media, music, film, television, probably books to religion, Satanism affects us by through definitely through like money and commerce, <laughs> definitely through yeah, consumerism all that kind of stuff. What it does is it keeps us focused in the lower three chakras. So the solar plexus chakra of the ego self really identifying with self as a body and to the dismissal of self as a soul. And so getting yours, getting your slice of the pie while you're here, being out for number one, that kind of thing. And then it keeps us focused in the sacral chakra, in debased expressions of sexualities. And I'm not making any judgments on anybody's choices or anybody's life. I'm just trying to illustrate a concept, but like promiscuity, just anything that takes the heart out of sex, basically anything that takes the heart out of sex. And also the root chakra, which is like the body survival, like pain, pleasure, like feces, urine, blood, the nervous system, all of that kind of stuff. It keeps us cycling around between those three chakras. And the purpose of it is to keep us out of the heart. So we never ascend up into the heart. And then Luciferianism, it also influences us through entertainment media, but it influences us through the new age. It influences like a lot of this. There was like, oh my God, Whew, like I said, I almost felt like I had to quit I, because I was like, whoa, I could see the new age false light deception with even greater clarity than when I ran the initial masterclass. It, it focuses us on, again, like service to self. So be, like basically like serving ourselves through the throat chakra, spell casting through our voice and our words, manifestation, which... I don't believe manifestation is a bad thing, but when you take the heart out of it, when you're doing it just selfishly, just for yourself, just to feel like you're like amazing and a badass, 
it's a slippery slope. And then in the third eye, so tapping into our psychic abilities just so we can feel like we're ascending and we're closer to God. But again, the problem is the absence of the heart and opening up the crown. All of this is like self-deification, turning ourselves into gods, but it's meant to direct our consciousness up and away from the heart. So both efforts are to prevent us from actually being in our hearts. The other thing that I kind of want to touch on too, even though I know I'm going on, I'm rambling for such a long time. I really apologize. Hopefully you're still with me. Hopefully you find this entertaining at very least is the Nephilim, the return of the Nephilim. Because I am at a point where I totally believe that the Nephilim are real. And I don't even know if I would believe this if I hadn't had all of those kind of like crazy visions in the summer that I shared about here on the podcast in solo episodes wherein I was talking about remembering being like, I called them Anunnaki, but I was just like creator beings. I know that they're not God. They're not even close to being the highest level creator beings. But they they were the ones flooding the anthill. And there was like the Enki group and the Enlil group. And, and then also remembering when we used to come, like we were like remembering basically being the Elohim. Like I remember being the Elohim. I also had a vision that I did not share on the podcast. I shared it in the Understanding Entities Reptilian Edition Masterclass. But I had a vision about the fall where I remembered being a seraphim. And you might say, I'm not saying I'm an angel, okay? There's so many things that I want to explain to all of you. It's just so much. It's hard to fit it all into one podcast episode and feel like I'm not going all over the place. But I'm not saying Amy is a seraphim. Amy is an angel. I'm saying that we are multidimensional beings concurrently existing across these multiple dimensions. Okay, it's like if God is a tree, which God is greater than a tree, but let's just say God is a tree, then the angels would be the main branches. And then like other kind of lower dimensional like beings down on, like farther down on the dimensional scale would be the main branches shooting off of the main branches. And then like at some point, humans are probably like the little twigs or maybe the leaves. I don't know. It's not a perfect analogy, but I hope you understand what I mean. That it's like my consciousness can go into the main branch that is the angelics and the demonics because the demons are the fallen angels. But that doesn't mean that I, Amy, am that branch. It's just that I am on, I am extending off of one of those branches. Does that make sense? Anyway, <laughs> hopefully you're tracking with me. The Nephilim are basically if you didn't watch day one or any of the days for that matter of the how to be a conscious creator live stream extravaganza please go back because there are things that I said that I know I'm not going to be able to repeat here that I think are really important if this feels resonant for you and you want more information but basically the Nephilim are angelic human hybrids and I remember having this vision 
and I recorded it as a podcast. I think it was like the episode is maybe from August and it was probably called like Restoration of the Lemurian Blueprint or something to that effect. Wherein I had seen through somebody else's Akashic record, I called it, I said that we used to come in the Lemurian days, we used to come down, I said we, but I was referring to that angelic consciousness because we're all an offshoot of it's all it seems like there is a separation and there's not. So even when I call the elites like assholes and jagweeds and things like that, I also, there's a level at which I understand that we are all one consciousness. And I'm not trying to perpetuate the division, but I, we also experience division here. And it is important to be able to name things as they are to call a spade a spade so that we can understand the situation we're in so that we can like, basically like harness it and change it so said that we came down initially as star beings in our star form and now i'm understanding that it was just our elohim form and we were looking for incarnation vehicles the thing is that the fallen all of the fallen angelics they don't have physical bodies they can't actually be here they can't actually experience this realm. That's why they need us. That's why I'm sure that's why they want to depopulate some of us. They want to keep, they just want to thin the herd. They don't want to slaughter the whole herd. They just want to thin the herd so that they can have more control. They probably want to inject us with like nanotechnology to sync us up with artificial intelligence so that they have greater control over us because they feel the inevitability of this ascension that's happening. That's just how it feels to me. I feel like it's, I still maintain the ascension is totally inevitable. And by ascension, not the Luciferian ascension, but the organic, like completely being reunited with the heart of God. Anyway, they want to have bodies here. They don't want to have to use us. They want Ultimately, I think they want us to all fuck off and die. But right now they need us because they need bodies. I think that's what is happening with all of these. There are a lot of reported very traumatizing, negative extraterrestrial abduction scenarios where like people are basically having their like eggs removed their sperm removed they're being involved in like hybrid breeding programs that they have not consented to and i'm also not saying that every hybrid breeding program is like fallen angelic like demonic i don't know that stuff i don't know i can only see what i see and this is what i see but i really think that ultimately they would love to extinct all of us and totally take over this realm and have complete dominion over it and be able to become creators that's why they want our DNA, even though they gaslight the shit out of us all the time and try and convince us that we're stupid and we're just like, we never learn. We're always repeating history. We're just always at war with each other. We're such barbaric. That I just feel like we get, we're at fault for the climate crisis. Even though, like I said to my husband, Alex, I was like, I don't like industry has facilitated the advancing climate change like climate change is just a thing that happens first of all i believe but i do believe it's accelerated and i believe it's accelerated by industry not people industry those are two different things 
we are forced to participate in industry because they've made it so challenging to not participate in industry. It's like a whole thing to basically like just decide you're going off grid and you're like reducing your carbon footprint, so to speak, as much as possible. It's hard. It's really hard to do. Hard isn't the right word. It's not that it's impossible, but it comes at a big price. And some people, like I said in my last podcast episode, some people are made for the city. They shouldn't have to leave the city. They shouldn't have to go against that just to... Anyway, I'm on a tangent, but the point is they need us. They want our genetics so that they can try and steal our creatorship and put it in themselves. And they want to create bodies for themselves so that they can actually be here and experience this place and create and have free will and give a flip the ultimate double bird to God. And that's what the Nephilim are. And so in that one, like Akashic reading that I shared about on that Lemurian Blueprint Restoration podcast episode, I was talking about how we originally came down as our star being selves or our Elohim selves. And then eventually we basically, I think I actually even said the words like the sons of daughter or the sons of man, the sons of gods had sex with the daughters of men. And I don't really even know what that means. Did they actually have sex with them? Like how, I don't know how, but in Greek mythology, there are tons and tons of stories that even talk about this. I don't think there's stuff I learned about like ancient civilizations in Turkey. Like it's wild. And I'll just say, I don't know if the, all of that is bad or nefarious. I don't know, but I am very clearly seeing the nefarious element of it. Right. So I still think that there was an, a faction that ultimately was, we don't actually want to do this, like the Enki group that wants human beings to be liberated. But I don't know, maybe that's just, maybe that's all misperception. Anyway. So I think that the Nephilim are real. I know that they've been equated to giants. I don't think they're all giants. I think some of them are giants. I think they're like superhumans. Basically, they're just creating a whole bunch of superhumans. That's what they're trying to do. And I think it's very, it's, I'm making it sound very black and white, but I actually think that there are so many layers, so many shades of grace, like just so many, it's just very intricate, very complex, but I can't, I literally can't talk forever. So I guess I better wrap this up. So that's what I've been processing. <laughs> At the end of 2022, it was very hard. You are catching me on the other side when I feel grounded again. I'm telling you, like, I don't think I've ever gone through that kind of identity crisis apart from the identity crisis I experienced after Killian died. It was so intense. But I share all this partly to inspire you, hopefully entertain you, if nothing else. If it resonates with you, then I share it to inspire you. 
And ultimately, I want to invite you to join me on this year-long journey, this incubator for reclaiming our conscious creatorship. Because I just, I feel, I don't know, it just feels like that moment in the movie Tangled when she realizes, when she she has all these memories, like everything comes together and she realizes that the woman that she's been calling mother is actually like a demonic witch that has been, not saying all witches are demonic, just saying in that case, a demonic witch that has basically been using her this whole time. And she wakes up and she's, oh my God. And she realizes her power and that she's been using this power for this stupid witch this whole time. And she just like totally gets activated into her strength. I feel like that's what I'm going through. And if you want in on this, I would love to guide you through it. Because the more of us that can see the situation for what it is, and like Colleen said, reverse engineer the false matrix and basically start consciously creating so that we change this, we reclaim this realm from the inside out. The more of us that can do that, obviously the better. That according to the worldview that I now have that I have just shared with you in the last probably two hours of talking. Probably hasn't been two hours, like an hour and a half, whatever. Anyway, so I told you about it last week and I don't want to go through way too much because I've already been rambling for a long time. But the goal of this program is to break free from the false matrix and become a liberated conscious creator and basically to manifest the life of your dreams and yet also to combine our incredible powers. I wish I could tell you, maybe sometime I will, I'll just run through the different chakras and the things that I understand that I saw during the activations and clearings that we are capable of doing. And I still think it's only the tip of the iceberg of what I can see. But I would love to combine our powerful efforts, our abilities, our gifts together to dissolve old timelines, to vision and create new timelines, to do like planetary guardianship, holographic timeline encoding, (laughs) activate our telepathy, all all of the things. All of the things. That's what really excites me. But I also know that some of you might be called to join and you're like, I don't even know how to manifest. Again, sister, brother, I would love to show you because I am a very good manifester. I would love to show you. And we're starting right out the gate in our first month together, our first segment of time. We are starting with the root, like root chakra clearing and activation, zero point field, the first dimension of consciousness, the first strain of DNA detoxing and purifying the vessel, dissolving manifestations and old timelines. And then very importantly, we're going into the survival wound and money slavery and clearing that out and reprogramming it so that you can experience financial abundance. I figured this out and I want to show you. And I'm not a money coach. So, you know, it's not something like whatever. I'm not promising that you're going to manifest $100,000 a month. I don't. But I believe that it's possible. I absolutely believe that it's possible. But what I do believe and what I have demonstrated myself is like 
we can manifest money freedom. We can manifest an abundance of money. And I would love to show you how we're going to talk about money times through this whole year, but we're starting out right out the gate with that topic because I feel like it's really important. Check out the link in the show notes to look at the sales page for more information. And if you have a question, then feel free to email me and I will record a Q&A YouTube video or podcasting or whatever just to go into it and make sure people's questions get answered. It would actually be very beneficial to me if you'd be willing to do so. But yeah, I'm really excited about this. I'm so excited. I feel we've spent a long time just learning things and it's time to actually implement them and do it together and do it like in a place of community where you get, you have accountability, you have support, you have instructions, you have weekly motivation, weekly actionable motivation or actionable steps or whatever, where you can do it in the background of your very busy life. I promise you, because if I can create this program in the background of my very busy life, you can nav- you, you can receive this program and do it yourself in the background of a very busy life. And we can create something that's so powerful that a year from now, we're just going to be like mind blown that we like how different our lives are. We can harness this quantum leap energy, this quantum leap creational manifestational energy that I feel in 2023 and just create like epic shifts and results. So if this calls to you, please join me. I would be like thrilled beyond thrilled beyond thrilled to have you. I love you so much. Thank you. If you're still with me, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And yeah, that's it. Love you guys. Well, that's a wrap. I truly hope that you enjoyed the episode and that you got some good activations, insights, and inspirations from what was shared today. I want to remind you that you can review the show on Apple Podcasts for a chance to win a free 45-minute Akashic Records reading with me to be shared on the show. Just remember to screenshot your review before you submit it and send it via email to amy at the northstarguidance.com to be entered into the monthly draw. I want to thank my Patreon members from the bottom of my heart. For supporting this show. You guys, you cannot possibly know what your support means to me. Seriously, if everything else in my business had to be shut down, the podcast is the thing that I want to keep going and your support means that it can keep going. <laughs> On Patreon, I share bonus conversations, gifts from my guests, weekly dope-ass energy reports, quarterly group hug calls, and more. To become a supporter, use the link in the show notes and head on over to my Patreon. And I want to give a shout out to May, who edits all of these podcasts, as well as the Goddess Support team for all that they do to keep this operation running smoothly. Finally, I want to thank you, beautiful listener, for the valuable currency of your time and attention. I do not take it for granted. You are a powerful creator And may everything in this podcast serve you in your highest creations. Your listenership means the world to me. Truly, truly. 
without you, I would just be talking to myself. So my beloved listener, have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, and I will catch you on the next episode.